0: That's I-X-L slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I mentioned in episode 462 that I'm doing a new training program called How to Be a Transformative Principal. It's for those who are in their first three years of being a principal or assistant principals or aspiring principals who want to level up their game right now. Join me at jethrojones.com slash how the number 2 be. How to be. We'll see you there. That's jethrojones.com slash how to be. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Today I am super excited to have Spike Cook back on the show. Spike's been on the show a lot of times before. Actually, I think just twice, but... Anyway, it's always a good conversation with Spike. He is the principal at Lakeside Middle School in Millville, New Jersey, and he's also published two books, one, Connected Leadership, it's just a click away, and Breaking Out of Isolation, Becoming a Connected School Leader. And so, Spike, welcome to Transformative Principal. Good to have you.
1: Oh, Thank you so much, Jethro. It's really great to be back here. Um, every time that I'm here, I am so honored to meet with you, and I learn a lot as well. So it's uh very mutually beneficial. Oh well, great! And I'm glad to glad to hear
0: that, and glad to have you back. I love having the conversation with you whenever we meet, and even when we talk outside of the podcasting space, it's always a good conversation. Also, so we want to talk today about um, setting goals, and so we're going to start with setting school goals, and then we'll you know figure out how to get through the rest of it. Setting goals as an administrator with teachers with students. Um, And we'll go we'll go from there. So um, I want to talk first about setting school goals. One of the things that our goals typically focus on is test scores. And so is is the only school goal you can make a school goal related to test scores?
1: (laughs) No, in fact, uh, we set we set four goals each year. Two of them are are related to uh, assessment results. You know, and that can be formative district summatives. And it also is, is tied into the state results, of course. Um, but we always set two aside to, to work on things beyond that. I mean, for lack of a better term, maybe climate and culture, you know, or looking at uh, certain areas of growth that we want to do outside of just raising assessment scores. So it, it can be done. Uh, it can be measured, it can be implemented, it could be reflected upon and, and improved. And that's you know, one of my passions as, as being a school leader is that process. And, and this is a great time of year to be formulating those ideas and starting to think about, not only what are we gonna do next year, but what could we do now to start working and laying that groundwork to find out what are the problems and what do we need to do to fix those problems? Mm-hmm. So if
0: someone, I think setting academic goals is pretty straightforward. We, 68% of our kids passed the test this year. We want to get up to 72% or we want all kids to pass the test uh, or whatever. I mean, that's pretty easy because you just choose a number and you try to work towards it and then try to figure out the things to do. Okay. But what about setting goals around climate and culture? How do you set those goals and what does the, what
1: does the evidence look like that shows that you're actually achieving it? So one of the things that that we do uh, frequently and at my school is um, we do surveys. It's similar to satisfaction surveys where we are looking at different aspects of the climate and culture of the building and we hand these out to well now we distribute them obviously through through Google and all that but so we distribute them to our staff, our students and our parents and we're asking questions about their experience. What is it like? Do you, know, I think one of the questions um, that comes to mind about, uh, you know, for kids is, do you like coming to school? You know, and, and rate that on a, you know, on a basic Likert scale. Uh, do you have pride in your school? Do you feel like other kids have pride in the school? You know, we sort of like go through those things and ask similar questions to, the parents, and the staff. And then when we get that information back, we start to triangulate our data. What are the parents saying about these type of questions? What are the students saying about these type of questions? And what are the staff saying? And then I think one of the things that is really most important is that you start taking that information and you find people to do like either focus groups or more in-depth interviews. So what we do is we have s- staff um, sessions where they can meet with myself and usually one of the other vice principals or or a supervisor. And um, we ask them a series of questions to get a little bit more in-depth perspective. So we're taking the notes down and we're listening. And we do the same thing for the students and also for the parents. and. By taking that information and and putting that all together, you can really start seeing where your areas of opportunity are and also where your areas that you need to grow in. Sometimes that um, actually is a little bit more difficult to find. The tendency for people to fill out surveys is you're going to get the people who want to you know, tell you everything that that's going well. You know, so there's some reliability issues there, but once you find some of those things, yeah, you you can start to 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 address them in a couple in a couple ways. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about different ways besides surveys to
0: get this information, because like you said, surveys can cause a problem in that you're only getting the people who choose to respond. So I did I did a schoolwide survey with about 600 students in my school and got less than 100 responses back and so that's not to me that's not giving me a good enough picture I know there's statistical significance and all that but that's not giving me a good enough picture and I'm pretty sure those people were those who felt strongly so what I ended up with was about 85 or so who loved what was going on and about five who didn't love what was going on. And so those were the two ends of the Likert scale. So what are some other ways to get that information besides just doing surveys?
1: Well, um, and I'm glad you asked that because yes, that is that's one aspect of it. And then taking it a step further, doing focus groups and interviews is, is certainly another another area. But once again, you're you're dealing with you know those who, who are most interested. What we take take a look at as well is our student removal data student discipline data, we take a look at attendance rates, and we take a look at, you know, referrals to child study team, INRS, things like that. So, now you're talking about a little bit more quantitative data uh, that's coming in. And and that's the kind of stuff that you can also mark from year to year to year. Um, because I know a lot of times in education, we don't do this, but comparing apples to apples is... Is somewhat difficult. So these are going to give you some indications of something. I'm not saying that it's everything because you can say attendance is, is a big issue. You can say that those who miss school are missing for certain reasons, um, but that's not always the case either. So what we've done in the past is uh, if, if attendance was a, was a goal and it has been in the past to raise, you know, raise. That the attendance rates, what you find is that it's not necessarily because they're dissatisfied with school either. There could be a mountain of other reasons, as I'm sure you've experienced as well. Yeah. And
0: so that piece brings up an, another way that I, I mean, how would this work if you were to gather evidence of things that people said about the school in non-survey ways, things that, you know, you hear in the hallways, positive or negative things. Uh, That would be one way. And then another way is measuring um, responses to teachers, like how many times a teacher calls home, how many times they get responses back, uh, you know, engagement in that way. You could measure email volume and things like that. Those are all things that show different aspects. Do you think any of those things are are worthwhile? And the uh, okay, answer that question. I have another question. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think any time where you can take, you know, some metrics and and look at, um, you, you know, parent contact, uh, you can you can um, you can do that a couple different ways. You can sort that out by, um, you know, teacher initiated, parent initiated, and then take a look along the lines of of what the actual uh, conversations were about, and then you can also look to see did that have any correlation to to discipline going down or maybe grades going up. Yeah. uh, Interesting.
0: So what about non quantitative data? How do you get feelings and emotion related to your school into that climate and culture type survey? How do you how do you find out how somebody
1: feels when they walk into your building? Those kinds of things. I think that that part of that is the that organization scan that a lot of people uh, utilize. I know I used it, you know, in masters and doctoral programs. So the the theory is that there are, there are several different lenses that that folks are looking at when they come into your school. So, for instance, you know, what are the symbolic things that are going on in your school? How do your bulletin boards look? How do your um, walls look? Is it, is it a welcoming environment? You know, things like that. Um, The other is, is the human resources, right? Or how to, how do people talk with each other kind of getting along with what you were saying as well. Um, So, you know, if you just happen to have um, a consultant or, or someone who could walk around and just, just sort of pick those things up through that lens, they certainly would be able to, to find a lot of information. And then you you know you take a look at like the organization you know of of the of the uh, organiza- the orga- the organized nature of the of the organization right so is it a, is it a top down you know organization is it collaborative and you're only going to get that information by talking to people right you know and um, so things that you may hear are well I need to wait to the principal to make this decision or the principal allows us to make decisions, supports us, and he or she, you know, wants us to take risks and chances and things like that. And that's a little bit more of a skilled, you know, lens to look through. But once again, you know, you have to be open. If you want to get that information, you have to be open to allowing folks to come in and, and, and share that feedback with you. And it doesn't have to be very scientific, but I think if you have mentors, if you have colleagues, And it's something that you really wanted to do. You can invite them in and have them, you know, take a walk around. And that's, that's certainly something that I've done. Uh, I work with a consultant and uh, sometimes he comes and, you know, we talk, you know, in my office, sometimes it's with small groups and then sometimes he'll, you know, take a walk around and take a look at getting back to our goal setting. One of the goals was that you're going to have all your bulletin boards have the theme, Have the school goals and athletics and, you know, all the different aspects, are they done, you know, to what quality are they done, you know, and it's great. It's great feedback. It kind of keeps us on our toes to make sure because setting, you know, setting goals is part of it. I don't want to jump ahead, but then also monitoring those is, is extremely important.
0: John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. Yeah, well, I I think it's a good time to segue into monitoring those goals. So when you set a goal and it is something that can be easily measured, you know, like how many rings does it take for the secretary to pick up the phone, for example, that's something you can say. If you hear a second ring, then you know that that's not that goal is not being met. And maybe that's one area where you're trying to improve the climate that the, the phone gets answered quickly so that that could be an area. But there are other things that are more challenging to measure because they're not as black and white as that. And things like climate and culture, how people feel about your school when they walk in, all those things are really difficult to describe in a quantitative way, but are certainly more easy in a qualitative way. So how do you, how do you monitor those goals, especially related to climate and culture that you know, are just kind of difficult to figure out how to measure?
1: Well, it's certainly one of the most difficult things because I think also as a school leader, you tend, if you look at it that way, if you look at it through that lens that you just described, you're, you're going to get the most negative feedback that you can get, but it may be the most honest feedback that you can get. So for instance, if somebody wants to take the time to email you about a rude secretary, an arrival dismissal that's not working some other type of issue, they're going to uh, be very passionate about it. They're going to want that specific item addressed. It may not be an indication of a larger problem, but sometimes it is. And so I think as the leader, you have to really discern between, you know, what is the complaint versus what is this feedback based on the organization and how are we going to be able to address it? Because there's certain things that, in my opinion, would be low-hanging fruit. Like you said, if if uh, you know if we're not picking up the phones, we're not answering the door on time, things like that. That's something that we certainly, by by putting some awareness, we would be able to to you know to improve that. Would that be a, a larger goal? I'm not exactly sure, but. As you go through the process and you start looking at things, if you do see common themes, for instance, maybe I don't like the way that the teacher was speaking to my child. And you hear this several times a month from several different parents about several different teachers. Then you know that you may have some areas in your school that are of needing some bigger um, assistance. How do, we, how do we talk to children? Things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: glad you brought that up because there's a difference between hearing the one thing one time and then focusing and perseverating on that and only thinking about that specific comment. And then there's the other things that happen more often over time and happen. the complaints are about more than just one single situation. And I think that that's really key because it's easy to get focused on a negative and just hear about that and only think about that. And we have a tendency to do that as human beings, but that's not exactly the best way to deal with it, nor is it the only way to deal with it. And so like you said, if you're hearing multiple complaints from multiple parents about multiple teachers, then that's a symptom of a bigger issue. If you're hearing from multiple parents about a specific teacher, then your school isn't struggling with that thing. That one teacher is struggling with that thing. Uh, Any comments on that?
1: Yeah, I, I think that we have to, like I said, the, the word discern comes comes to mind because you have to be able to to look to see if it, you know, if it's a specific you know problem or if it's a symptom of a larger issue. Um, if you look at your organization as like a living you know sort of being that, and that's what most climate and culture uh, folks would tell you, you know, you can use all types of analogies, right? So it's symptomatic of some sort of you know issue that you may have. Um, sometimes I use the like the dentist analogy. So when you go to the dentist, they might not find a problem, but they may say to you, "We have a watch on bicuspid thirteen or something like that," <laughs> and because they may be seeing something that may lead to something, or it may not be. So I've taken that sort of, and I may have even used that same analogy. To say, well, we're going to need to watch that. You know, is, is it is this something you know symptomatic of something bigger? Because, you know, there are specific things that you can uncover to find a toxic culture or positive culture for sure. And we haven't even gotten into the whole social media thing as well, because right. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes it doesn't. You don't need a survey, and you certainly don't need an email you need a a viral post that that folks jump on or 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 what have you and let's just say and this is not very scientific that 90% of the time those are not about the great things that are going on at your school but it's more mm-hmm. the the problems that that folks are having
0: yeah well and this is where it's really helpful to Be telling your story, but then also getting other people to tell your story so that it's not just you. And so one of the things that I have on my website right now is how to get positive press for your school. So if you go to transformativeprincipal.com, you can get that. And that helps you see how to do that so that it's not just you telling your story, which you and I, Spike, have talked about for years, but that you're getting other people to tell your story in a positive way and a meaningful way. And that's a really powerful step in the right direction. Because when those viral posts do happen, then you can have what happened to me one time where somebody came to my defense and said, whoa, that's not what's going on at the school. You've got your information wrong. And for another person in the community to say that on those viral posts, it doesn't stop everything, but it at least helps you know that somebody knows what's going on and that it's yeah. not just being
1: ruled by social media. Uh, yeah, I think you and I, I, I know it sounds you know, sort of cliche, but probably are, you know, one of the pioneers in doing this work. It's almost been like a decade now. And mm-hmm. the need at first was to get that that positive message out and to utilize these, utilize the technology in order to tell your story, which made it extremely easy. I mean, I, I, I talked to a lot of folks who were, you know, principals in the in the 80s and 90s, and, you know, they're amazed at the things that were, you know, are at our fingertips, Uh, that they just didn't, they never had to worry about, even setting goals, you know, to be Mm. honest with you. So you look at the transparency that's out there now, and if you do it for it for enough, and and you're, you know, you're committed to it, and then you're also um, available, I think, and I've had that experience as well, where you'll have other people that that will be able to kind of sort of tether you know, the, the social media uh, storm that, that happens. But this is not just an education thing as well. I mean, it's, it happens in every sector now. You know, it's, the, it's that Yelp mentality or you could have a, an article that comes out on a certain you know, website or a news story and you just look at, at the public and you look at, at what they're posting about and um, schools are no different now. Right. So, as much information and as much as we're working on telling the story, which I think a lot of people are, but I think we still have a long way to go with that. You have to be able to be ripe right for dealing with criticism, and it's interesting because when it when it comes up and someone hasn't had the experience yet, oh, it, it it makes it like a visceral thing, you know. And and I can remember back to the early days of that, you know, with myself. I can't believe they would say that they put my name mm-hmm. out there like that or whatever it is. And uh, the, the reality is in a long run, you you just have to keep doing what you're doing. And one thing that I have found very successful and, uh, and I know that there's, there's more and more principals who are doing this is that when something like that happens and people are talking about a dress code violation or this, that, or the other thing, or the, the pandemic, certainly elicited a lot of those comments, is to pick up the phone and have the conversation. And I've had that several times, you know, where I have a conversation either in person or on the phone, and the person goes back and either retracts what they said, takes it down, things like that. Because, you know, we start getting to the point where it's like, listen, we're trying to educate the children of the community. And there's avenues for sure that you can go through in order to have your voice heard. Is this the forum is this the time? and um, also like I said taking that time to connect with that person in a, in, a, in a way so that gets back to your you know original goal about or original discussion about setting goals right so it can be you can have this large goal that you have you know for a year and you know you're you're collecting data along the way but if one of those is to be open and transparent and to be you know, receptive to you know uh, both feedback and criticism and positive things. You have to be able to maneuver through that, and you have to do it pretty rapidly uh, because mm-hmm. things change. And um, i found it be, to be very successful to reach out to the folks who are having those type of issues. Um, you may not come to an answer, or I mean, you know, a specific you know agreed upon answer, um, but it's it's easier to have that discussion. Um, in person or on the phone. And sometimes you can actually get people to get more involved based off of their passion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really key point too, is taking advantage of the passion that people have and empowering them to do something about it. So rather than shying away from an intense parent, you can invite them to to help make the school better. And I think that's one of the little pieces that we don't talk about a lot, that there's a lot of power in helping other people know that they can make some changes. And there you know, talk about, you know, goals around culture. Do parents feel like they can be involved in a positive way in the school is is a huge one. So let's wrap up this discussion about about setting school wide goals and, you know, we're just about out of time here. This is the time flies when you're having fun, right? So <laughs> <laughs> um so We've, we've talked a little bit about setting some goals, about getting some data about a little bit about monitoring. And then let's talk about the last piece briefly, which is how do you once you've achieved or not achieved your goal, how do you determine next steps? And this you know is kind of complete in the cycle, but how do you determine next steps when you've got a goal that you've either achieved or not achieved?
1: Yeah. I I think you have to celebrate your successes. Um, so when you report out at the end of the year, you, you know, you need to talk about the, the areas that you did achieve, uh, the progress that you made towards achieving. And if that's something that still is a passion for the group, looking at the next year then you keep going with it, um, there's that, you know, sort of that double loop and single loop learning. Right. So a lot of times with single loop. We're just doing the same thing over and over again and trying to get the same results. Um, I'm sorry, get different results. Uh, I think with the double loop is like that we take that reflective practice opportunity to take a look at, you know, where do we need to go? I look at school improvement, right. As a, it's cyclical and it's, it's not a straight line. And, but the, the, the needle has to continue to, to move in a direction. So sometimes you can solve things through your goal setting and then sometimes you can uncover other things that need to be improved. And that's the beauty of it because it's an ongoing process. So um, when you look to finalize things, you, know, you either did or you didn't achieve your goals. You report out on that. And then in that in that process, then you start working on the next year. So it's a never ending cycle, which I think is the beauty of it. And then Similar to what we were just talking about, maybe some of those things that you dealt with along the way have allowed you to, you know, formulate some sort of significant progress in an area. And then others lead to, well, you know what, this is what we're going to work on. And just to, to kind of, you know, end it up, then maybe... You know, maybe you take that social media talk that we just had and say, but well, we're going to work on getting more of our message out. We're going to get, hmm, you know, hmm. we're going to work on that a little bit more because maybe we think that we're communicating, but we're really not. So, and those are the things that people are going to tell you about along the way. But yeah, that's the beauty of it. And it's got to be collaborative. And you know that, Jethro, it's, it's got to be an opportunity for school leaders, the staff, the parents, the students and the community members to come together uh, to work on these things. And you'll find that once you, once you put that out there and you allow folks to participate, that um, it's not as difficult as you think.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. So in closing, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you spike?
1: I think the first thing, one thing, if you want to take an action step is Take a learning walk through your school and take a look at those areas, the lenses that we talked about. What do the walls look like? What are the people talking about? What kind of questions are they asking you? What kind of comments are they making, making towards you? And record that for an entire day. When you get back and you reflect on that, you're going to have probably the answer that you've been seeking all along the way. And it may not be good because it may need... <laughs> you have to do more work. Um, but I think that's one thing. Take one day and just keep a, a notebook with you or uh, a note section in your phone and just write down the, the, um, the comments, the conversations, things like that, and then you're going to get your themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Well, Spike, thank you so much for being part of Transformative
0: Principle today. If you want to connect with Spike, you can go to Twitter at Doctor Spike Cook. He's also on Facebook and Instagram as well, so you can check those out. LinkedIn, also, he's pretty much everywhere. Being one of the uh, original Principal PLN folks, he's got that. Uh, you can find him everywhere. So, Spike, thanks again for being part of Transformative Principle today. Thank you.